0: Weird Realities Network presents Blondes, Books, and Campfire Tales, where we pull up a log, roast a marshmallow, and settle in as these two blondes talk spooky tales, urban legends, and classic horror icons. Exciting guests, Perky Blondes, and Sinister Tales makes this podcast as good as a double stacks more. So let's join Bethany and Crystal as they gather around the campfire in Blondes, Books, and Campfire Tales. Hey everyone! Welcome to Blondes, Books, and Campfire Tales. I am Bethany. We've got Crystal, and this is our special guest right here, Hilton. So we're super excited to have Hilton on here. Hilton, do you want to talk about yourself
1: a little bit?
2: Yes. Uh, first, of all, I want to tell you guys thank you for having me. Um, yes, I'm a. I'm from New York. I'm a filmmaker. I've been doing film for the last I don't know, say 25 years. Um, I've done everything from documentaries, shorts, narratives, and you can name it. I've done it, um, and. You know, I've known, uh, known to do, uh, from social media, Zombie with a Shotgun. That was one of my uh, things that got me into, like, I would say, like, viral. And once I'd done the web series, Zombie with a Shotgun, <clears throat> that's when there was a lot of no- people wanted to notice, uh, notice my work and they wanted me to, you know, know more of my stuff. And then from the web series, did a feature and a feature and a couple of documentaries after that. And then now I just released a uh, new feature film two weeks ago um which is called uh, beyond the halls of paradise 666 which was uh, based also on a short series and that's what um just released and now we are working on soon to put up a campaign for the sequel for zombie with shotgun part 2
0: Oh nice. Yeah. Well, I saw um I watched both. I saw a Zombie with the Shotgun and I saw the 6666 right there beyond paradise. And you can definitely tell like where you've grown from the the zombie with the shotgun to 666. And I think both are, they were definitely fun to watch right there. Um, Yeah. I, I didn't know that the second one was, I knew it was an anthology. I didn't know it was a web series until I was watching it. And then I'm like, what's going on? And then I kind of like researched it. I'm like, Oh, it's a web series. (laughs) That's all kind of put together.
2: Yeah. So I'll, I'll tell you a little bit history of that. So, how the film was put together was, um, I, I would say maybe five, six years ago, maybe even longer. Um, I started um, doing, a, a started two episodes of 666, which was supposed to be a web series. And um, Eli Roth's company had noticed it and they uh, contacted me to start doing uh, a strictly web series with the same title, same concept for their new crip horror channel that they were going to release. And I happened to be, I was actually the first one to launch that site.
0: Nice.
2: Um, and I started, you know, I started, I, I premiered the very first, it wasn't the very first, but they we, we had discussed that we were going to sh- make it seem like that the new web series that I was doing for them was actually the very first one. And the other two previous ones that I had would follow up after that. So it would be part one, two, and three. And it premiered, you know, and um, it was awesome. You know, I was there. It was Eli Roth's company and all that stuff. And then I started working on other episodes. Okay. Um, so <clears throat> what happened was, uh, I think it was maybe maybe six or seven months later, they decided to shut down Crip Horror and go into Crip TV, which they have now. And, you know, the, they would do basically the same thing. They were, they were getting a lot of uh, filmmakers to showcase their horror films which mine was actually going to be original content for for them. But they, since they shut Crip Horror, there was like no more home for 666. And um, I had shot these episodes. And I was like, wait a minute, um, what happened, you know? And I was like, whatever it is, you know, I got the opportunity. I wasn't gonna be upset about it. I was happy that I got the opportunity to showcase the work. And um, time went by. I have these episodes that I've done that no one's ever seen. Never, cu- I never even cut them at all. I just had them in the shelf in my storage. COVID. COVID came nice. and um, I decided to go back in the storage room. And I started taking a lot of my work and I said to myself, wow, you know, there's a lot of time. Everyone had a lot of time in their hands. I said, let's look at the footage. So I started looking at the footage of the stuff that I, I, I had created and no one's ever seen. Um, and I just got one of my uh, producer friends and I'm like, hey, look, I think we could cut these and we could put it all in one anthology horror film and have them connected. Cause they, they have, they all sort of connected together where it's just, you know, the same sort of concept and they have the same, you know, evil entity of this so-called person 666. How we were going to do that, uh, we, we decided. We, we, we wrote these stories. Uh, unfortunately, in the original one, we had the location. And you no, know, we no longer had that location, which was like the key. But we had so much footage that we shot that we used, used it in some of the other episodes. So we shot. So we had one, two, three. I shot four, five. Like We had like two and a half that was shot already. So we decided, hey, you know what, let's shoot two and take some B-roll and try to go back and reshoot some of these other scenes. And it worked out. It was almost 90 exactly minutes of all the stuff that we did. And um, that's how it came. So I was like, hey, this would be awesome. I I, I don't have this The stuff that I had shot previously was not going to go to waste. And everyone, and, and the thing is that there was some little bit, little bit of a fan base that was created by it. Like, oh man, we're happy to six six six. We love the whole concept. You know, sort of like a homage to back in the eighties and seventies. You know, Damien Omen to six six six. So I was like, hey, let's let's do something like that. And um, again, COVID was was one of the main reasons that it came back. And if, if COVID never had happened, the movie, the film would never been, uh, released. Because, you know, and I and I continued that that I had like maybe. Two other pro, two features that I cut were, were documentaries. One got released, and I'm working one right now that we're done. We're about to release that, and that's all the stuff that I've been doing for so many years. That you know you shelf it. I'm like, oh wait a minute, and I got four other short films that I' about to release them slowly but surely out because I was like, wow, I, I can't believe that all this stuff that I shot, I, I can't waste it. Why not bring it out? And so that's how 666 came together
0: nice well we got mike here he says hey okay. <laughs> hey mike hey, and mike. we have stacy on here
2: Stacy. Hey, What's up? <laughs> uh
1: i agree stacy like i definitely think like covid was such a crazy thing that like mm-hmm. for it to give you that chance to like go back and revisit some of the stuff that you've done and like develop it more to be able to release like the full anthology. Well, maybe not. I mean, I feel like you could still do more with that if you wanted to. But, mm-hmm. um, like just a more full like project with it. I think that that's yeah. COVID so for uh, doing I, something good.
2: <laughs> yeah, here, another thing too had happened too with that too is like you know a lot of the actors that you know I I, I wanted to bring back, they wouldn't want to shoot the film because COVID. They were scared. A mm-hmm. lot of lot of people left New York, and one of the guys who the main guy who was the you know he passed away he he he, he was actually he was considered one of my best friends he passed away sure. during COVID, and but we had shot a lot of footage and it was like damn you know that sucks, so mm-hmm. you know we were working on it and I was like you know I'm still going to put it there and obviously when you see the film there's there's a memory towards yeah. him yeah um, and you know. It just, even at the last episode, we never even like tended to do that, like because he passed away. It was just that's how the story was going to be. And it was like, kind of ironic and kind of like creepy that that was the way that uh, a new sort of, you know, I don't want to give the whole story, but basically a, a, a new body came in. Mm-hmm. And um, so that that was challenging. And But the good thing was that I had a lot of people that were like, you know what? We're going to do it. But you know, even though it was COVID and, and it was like we're just gonna we're gonna we just we're just gonna do it, and I, that was I was blessed with that. So the, a lot of the actors uh, <clears throat> the last couple episodes they they were like they were game on doing it, and uh, I do agree. I think it was uh, COVID came. It was you know it did you know make everybody think, and you know something did come good out of it.
0: Mm-hmm. So what was it like? I mean, here you are. You basically put all this stuff together. You, you got the crowdfunding, you put everything together, you wrote, directed, produced. What was that feeling like when you got notified by Eli Roth's company?
2: That was awesome. I, I, uh, I still yeah. remember um, – uh, it's so funny. It was um, – I'm pretty sure – oh, my God. I said I still remember. Now I can't remember. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was uh, Christmas Eve that I was contacted. Oh, wow. And – um it was Eli Roth that saw it uh, and one of the episodes,
0: mm-hmm. and
2: they contacted me, said they really liked it and everything like that, and I was like, whoa, you know, yeah. because it was it was interesting because I believe it or not, um, Zombie and Six 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 were working almost simultaneously together, and I got such a huge, big viral hit with Zombie with a shocking web series. It was going crazy. That that's how I got a lot of my followership and all my social media. Fo- you know, it just blew up, and it was just funny I was like, you know, what I got the six six six. Let me just like you know release it out, and that was the one that you know they I got contacted for. You know, you would mm-hmm. think that I would get contact for zombie, and it wasn't. It was for the six six. So I was like, wow, I'm gonna have to put zombie now back, and I brought it to the front, and obviously, unfortunately. And again, it is what it is. What happened? They shut down the the site. They went to, and then I was like, "Oh wow, okay, now we got to bring back zombie." Yeah. So, but it was it was it was awesome. You know, Uh, I'm like again, I appreciated that whole you know um, getting recognized and stuff like that, and you know, and I'm glad that it's it it was released as an anthology, you know, and put stories put together where it wasn't put it wasn't in a waste of time.
1: Yeah.
0: So I saw on a previous, I don't know if it wasn't, it was probably a previous interview I saw of you. And you spoke about how, when you were a kid you used to make a bunch of videos. Yes. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Was that like the handheld camera fade in, fade out?
2: So it was interesting, right? So, you know, we, we were like, um, so I grew up with a large family and I would always tell people that we were like (laughs) the Latin Brady Bunch. We had three boys, three girls. We had my mom and dad.
0: Mm-hmm. and we
2: had my aunt that was like Alice. like the I was gonna boy. say, do
0: you have an Alice? Yeah we had, we <laughs> we, we, we
2: was like the, she was living with us and she was like cleaning, cooking for all of us. And instead of having the dog, we had the cats, right? Mm-hmm. So and I was the youngest. So during the time that I grew up in the 80s, uh, the, the cheapest thing to take the kids out was in a theater, movie theater, right? So where my parents would work, my aunt was like, oh, what are we going to do Friday night or Saturday night? Because my parents, you know how parents working so much, we, they were never around. But it was mostly on Saturdays. So she was like, all right, let's go to matinee. We'll go to matinee and then we would just hop to each of the films. So it was every Saturday we went to the yeah. movies. It was ridiculous. Um it's so funny because when I watch all these movies I was like I can tell you when I saw it, where I saw it, which theater I seen cause it because it gives me such memories and, and um we would it was so it was me my brother and my cousin, we were the three boys in the house and then of course the three girls. We would watch the movies and every time we watched a movie, we would come home and we would make like stupid like costumes like out of the cardboards and stuff like that. <laughs> And since I was the youngest one, I was never allowed to participate in the scenes. So I give you an example. If we went to see like Return of the Jedi, you know, my cousin would be like Luke and my brother would be Dark Vader. And I would be like, No, I wanna be. And they'd be like, No, because I was the youngest. So they would say, you know what? We're gonna they made a little box and they said, You should be the camera guy because they wanted to make it seem like I wanted to be be part of it. And it's funny, because they talk about it this day. Like, it's unbelievable how you were young and we made you the camera guy because we didn't want you to participate. So I was like, oh, that's cool. So every time we would come back from a movie, I would have the stupid box and I would move around. like I was making a movie, but it wasn't a real, I wish it was a real camera. And then years later, I did get a camera. And then I started doing little short films with my friends and everything like that. And I, and I'll be honest with you, I really still didn't think that filmmaking was going to be something that I wanted to do. I loved it, I liked it, I thought it was cool. I was like, I, you know, I don't, you know, maybe a filmmaker? No. I, I, it happened to be that um, when I was in high school, they um, I had transferred to a school um, to to some you know to a high school that I you know it's a long story. I got transferred. And they decided to put me onto a cinema studies program. And I'm like, why are you putting me there? They're like, we have no room for you. So you're going with all the like so-called the nerds and the geeks, and you're going to cinema studies. And I was like, I didn't care. I was like, all right. And boom, that's when it opened up to me. I'm like, whoa. And taking those courses and Mrs. Wilson, which was taught me so much and i know she's gone but that was like she was like my like opened my eyes to filmmaking and i i would never forget her she was like you know and she was so passionate i could still remember when she said look at the movie a different way don't look at everybody and i just remember just looking looking and we were all looking and she was beautiful she was a great teacher it was just a beautiful thing and that's moment when high school this i said this is what i want to do and i just mm-hmm. said wow i was kind of doing it you know i used to make my own like Halloween Michael Meyer films with my friends in, in the neighborhood in the block and and yeah, it was just great. But that's that's how that whole thing of making films started from me from being a little kid and making having this fake little camera box and just doing it. But yeah, it was a good memories.
0: Yeah. So I got to ask, and it's kind of random. So I feel like every kid who grew up in the 80s, because I know Crystal and I did, and I know, you know, obviously you did, you made the videos, right? And like when we made our videos as kids, we got invested. Like we did our writing, we did, we shot our scenes, we got our friends in on it, whoever you could get in on it. But sometimes um, you would kind of record over important events accidentally. (laughs) (laughs) I know, I know I did a few times. (laughs) Yes. Well it's uh, more important
1: you... than our home videos. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: So do you ever have a? do you ever have something like that record over yeah. video that yeah, you your have... parents were like
2: <laughs> it's it's funny you say that because I, I was looking at this guy who has a social media like TikTok, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, um his page is basically going to garage sales and okay. buying VHS tapes. Okay. Random just buying it and playing them and showing the TikTok. Look what I found, scratch on, look what's on this tape. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was freaking brilliant. I'm like, damn, I wonder if somebody's gonna find my tapes because they all like a lot of went in garbage. You know, you like everything was like, I can't find them. There's some videotapes. Um, matter of fact, uh, my friend that, that I talked about who passed away, we did some videos and I, I, Was trying to look for it in the storage can't find it. Like, where Mm -hmm. did it go, you know? And um, yeah, so this guy goes to garage sales and he shows family, just, it could be a family just celebrating an event and he shows it. And the reason why he, he actually got um, popular recently because he found a tape of a pretty famous celebrity, I forget her name, who played Peggy in Married With Children. And he found oh, the tape oh, from yeah.
0: she, Katie Siegel. Yes, when she was yeah. singing.
2: And I started following his page, and I realized that's what he does. He goes, <laughs> buys these VHS tapes in garage sales, puts it on, and he will like cut it like, to good scenes that he sees in, in the video. And I was like, wow. I wonder why tapes, when they would be found. Because I can't find a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Mike says I made an hour and a half long video way back when a buddy of mine gone fishing <laughs> it was an hour and a half long of the video the most boring BS <laughs> not getting married very much very, very oh.
1: very oh, like <laughs> the movies and things we used to do like we used to go to the extent where we would make like fake commercials do you remember that we did. Oh, and were the most- you had to have the commercial
0: break in there <laughs>
1: We made a song. I don't remember the song or the dance, but we made a song in a Macarena-esque dance for Kraft Macaroni and Cheese. And if somebody oh. found that and posted it on TikTok, I would die. Man, yeah. I
0: remember.
2: I, and I don't know if you used to do this, but but what we used to do also is like, we used to have the soundtrack with a, like a boom box behind. Yes. yes. <laughs> we did. We used, used to do it. Remember at this, at this moment,
0: but the you never the background, yeah, yeah. But you never had the whole song though, because really? otherwise the DJ would cut in when you tried <laughs> to record the song <laughs> by holding the boombox to the oh, boombox.
2: Yes, <laughs> and it, it always got interrupted by somebody's. Stop it now! Stop right. It.
0: Yeah, Olivia Gosh. said she had a fake radio, uh, radio station.
1: <laughs> I did that too, like into your little like tape recorder, uh-huh. and you pretend to be the DJ.
0: <laughs> yeah. <that> is- <laughs>
2: yeah that
0: is cool <laughs> i yeah, feel I'm like boom, boom box. boxes are just they're underrated now man like uh-huh. people they just don't respect music as when you tried so hard to get your favorite song and you had to call into the radio so many times just to get them to play your favorite song so you could record it for your mixtape <laughs> now you can modify yeah.
2: <laughs> you know you i don't know uh, i had um I'm going off the topic, which is—is is that okay? Right, I'm going off. Yeah, the
0: topic. yeah, yeah. Go right oh, ahead. Oh, yeah. so, so uh, we go off topic had, all the time.
2: <laughs> I had a pretty good discussion with some one of my friends, and we were talking about how like there's not more there's not relationships like it used to be, right? People are not having relationships in high school and stuff like that. And um, I told him something that he never even thought about, and I said, I tell you, I, I, there's a reason why I believe the relationships don't exist anymore. I said because everyone listens to different music. And I said, when we were growing up, we had to listen to the radio Mm -hmm. and everybody was listening to the music and you had music that fitted mainly for three groups. You had like, you you would even have like the rock group, the hip hop group or the love R&B group and, and those groups. And then you had like maybe, you know, the misfits, whatever. Right. So, but you never had like so many subgroups, You, you had three to four groups. And all those groups listened to that music and that music brought everybody together. And a lot of the music, you resonated with it and everything. But one thing that everyone did resonate with was love music. Right. And we all listened to the same sort of music and we could all like, kind of like relate to it. And I felt like that got us together. Cause those, there were so many people in the groups and we mingled
1: mm-hmm.
2: so mm-hmm. much. And now, no one listens to, yeah, you listen to the radio station, but you have so much music out there and you're trying to, everyone is trying to fit in that group. And I believe that. I believe that that's what happened with music was so important in our lives that connected us. And it's, it's connecting us, but it's so much sub-genres. But when we were younger, we had to listen to the radio only. And, we, you know, and and what they played, we listened to and we, socialize together with that music and we listen together with that music. And I think that's really important. And I think that's what happens with, with toy stores too. I think them taking Toys R Us out is 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 getting kids a little bit confused of what, like, I don't want to get too political, but, like, you had a lot of, you know, you had the boy side and you had the girl side. And I think when they took Toys away, and that's something I, I also discussed, and he was like, wow, you freaking, that's pretty good. And I think there should be, like, some sort of study in that. Like what? When the toys left, especially Toys R Us. Yeah, they do have toys and Target, but it's not the same, mm-hmm. right? It, but when they had Toys R Us, you went in there and you had the boy section, you had the girl section. I'm not saying you, I mean, if you're a boy, you have to go that section, you have to go in that section. But it definitely made you clear of like, okay, I'm gonna play with this, and this is the side, of, this is how I'm gonna grow up, and whatever, and whatever macho machismo whatever. And you had the girl, I'm gonna draw up girly. I'm not saying that's what you're supposed to do. But I think once they took toys away, there was some sort of, like, everyone's playing on the tablet and computer. It's not. I'm not saying I don't, I don't want to get angry. And I'm not saying it's supposed to train you in that way. But there's some stages in life when you play with, you know, when you boy, like, I played with, like, you know, Soldier Man. And then I played with, like, He-Mans. And then I played with robots. And then I played with bikes. And then I played with footballs. And, then you know, the stages would go higher and higher and higher. Females was almost the same thing. Now it's like, there's no stages.
1: Well, I get what you're saying too. And it's not necessarily, like you said, it's not necessarily you have to play with the boy toys or the girl toys. Like I'm the only girl. I'm also the youngest. So like you said earlier, always wanted to do what my brothers were doing. So I always wanted to play with their toys, but that's like, it's the whole thing. Like you'd go out in the neighborhood, you'd play with the other kids, you'd share toys. And like with what the kids are doing now, they're, they've they all got their own little tablets and they're playing on there and it's not a lot of the socialization aspect is gone. Yeah. You're not going out in the neighborhood and playing with the kids and being like, Oh, I know that that boy three doors down has this hot wheel that goes with my hot wheel. And if we put them together and he has the best racetrack, like I don't, I don't see that happening as much anymore.
2: No, Mm -hmm. no. I, 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 I just, I really believe that. And um, you know, I'm just, I just think there should be a little bit a pretty cool study on that. Once that, because ever since Toys R Us is gone, it's like some sort of like confusion with kids. And I think a lot has to do with toys. I really believe it. But yeah. Well, who am I to say, right? It's just an <laughs> ob- observation that I, you know,
1: took it's on. Really changed how we socialize and how yeah. we interact with each other.
0: Yeah. I wonder if it kind of helped brought around the the millennial nostalgia that's so big now. Because since, for instance, Toys R Us was such a big impact on millennials and everyone before us, uh, once it's gone, and like you said, there's no marketing aspect of telling us which toys are supposed to play with. Yeah, and And basically, you go from toys to electronics and tablets and everything, that now it's like you just... The the millennials are bringing back their old toys that they like. So that kind of coincides where you got like the millennial nostalgia that of all the all the old stuff coming back right now, like all the Ninja Turtles and the Barbie movie and all this stuff coming back, probably because we're like, hey, like we lost this for our kids, but they still got to play with something like kids still want to play. They still want to do things. And it's almost like when they have so many toys, they don't want to play with any of them. Like I know my girls, they've got so many toys and i'm always like go do something and they're like we're bored i'm like you have so many toys yeah but they yeah. don't have like the it toy you know cuz there is no it toy it, it's no. electronics now that they want
2: yeah it's everything right the past 5 years has been either the iphone the tablets the freaking um whatever the switch and the ps5 and then it's like now it's sort of like podcast kits and mm-hmm. You know, it's it's you know, but I mean, that's all good and everything, but it's just it's not like a toy. It's not anymore. Like in the past five years, there's nothing that's like hot to be like, oh, you know, like the Furbies. and
1: <laughs> yeah, I remember. <laughs> yeah, like, like yeah, had is- rush at Christmas time for that specific toy. Now it's for a rush for a specific electronic.
0: Yeah. yeah. Or yeah. shoe or something.
2: Yeah. Now, what is it now? Soon is going to be the virtual reality, right? Like yeah. The, Sony, I think it's releasing the one in Christmas time. I think it's like five or six hundred dollars. It's going to be mm-hmm. the first uh, game system with virtual reality. And I know the Apple has one, but it's expensive three thousand dollars. Don't really afford three thousand dollars device, especially exactly. walking on the street. You're going to get robbed. So, but you know it's going to get cheaper, obviously, because some other company's going to come with something. So these are, I, I would say, in the next five years, that's what things going to be very popular. Is those virtual glasses or whatever they want to do. But
0: mm-hmm.
2: yeah, it's sign sign of the times. You know, it's just but. Cabbage patch kids. Look at that. Ticking Miomo.
0: Londa <laughs> has a good point right here. She goes, She didn't have a lot of toys, but they made up games and played outside. Uh yeah. yeah. I, I don't yeah, see it. I was always outside. It.
1: it was the whole like my mom would get, you know, like mom's tired of the kids. It's summer break. Yeah. Go outside. Don't come back until the sun starts setting. Like, or until exactly. dinner time. Like, yeah, we would be out playing whatever. Like, yeah. And now, and I, I, mean, it's totally a different world. I don't think you necessarily want your kids to be out where you have no contact with them, but like, I know my six year old nephew has a cell phone Wow! <laughs> my mother and sister could, you know, there's like still a way yeah. for them to be in contact, you know, but at the same time, like them having a cell phone isn't going to stop somebody from snatching them. So
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. But you could track them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>
1: I remember we had,
0: um, when I first moved to this side of, or we we were back and forth on Tucson. So when I moved on to the side of Tucson where I met Crystal, uh, we were the second house to move into this comp, like this whole area. It was me and this one other house. And so we were surrounded by construction. And I remember right in front of my house before that house was built was just like the dumping grounds of where all the construction people would put all the dirt and whatever was mixed up in the dirt and I used to tunnel holes through this pile and it like we had like rhubarb in there we had like our rhubarb I mean we had like concrete whatever like like half open bottles of beer that they had from the construction workers and stuff and like my parents didn't care we were just tunneling through trying to (laughs) take things, making a fort now I'm like I cannot imagine having my kids go out there Go digging through construction stuff.
2: Just if they knew what we were doing, right? I, I, know. I think about that. It's like, wow. I mean, taking that yeah. bike and drive like ride for for like, I don't know, hours, and then like yeah. so happy been, we didn't like, have TikTok. Yeah, they um, had no idea what we were doing or anything right? like that. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. and you're right. I I sometimes think of myself. Wow, I, I can't believe I, I survived that decade. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> we had like we had a fort out in the desert made out of like old like just whatever like things that we found so it was like some cactus ribs some tree branches yeah. <laughs> like just all <laughs> kinds of stuff and yeah like we were just out there and it was in a wash which you're never supposed to play in the wash but we were like here's our fort in the wash
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> do you guys have washes in new york i don't know do you guys have washes there washes as in like like yeah like where the water runs.
1: It's a it's basically a dry riverbed, but when it yeah. rains, the water goes through or when the snow melts, the water goes through. Oh, okay. So they're they're big on flash floods and washes.
2: It's like a reservoir, right? Like a reservoir. No, it's like a river. Yeah.
1: It's like a river, but it's dry 90% of the year. But then when the water's running through it, it's usually a flash flood force water.
0: Yeah, if you think about a uh, Arizona dirt, it doesn't it's so dry that it doesn't soak in the water. So when it rains, it turns into like a mudslide almost. It just washes over okay. the top. So those dry riverbeds will turn into flash floods like very, very fast. <laughs> so very yeah, dangerous. We but we're like, no, hey, we, we don't
2: have that. I mean, there's certain places probably out east that may have something like that, but like mm-hmm. in especially in New York City, no. Yeah. You know, it's just that's that's a problem now. Cause I don't know if you realize, like, if you see in the last like decade, New York City has been flooded like n- never before. Subways oh, have been yeah. flooded. Uh, it's never ever like that and it's like these guys don't they're not preparing for it it's just it's mm-hmm. ridiculous like every year now the subways is never ever was ever like that it's ridiculous it's, just, it's how it's getting flooded now and um they need to figure something out because soon, mm-hmm. like well, there's gonna be that big storm that's gonna destroy the whole uh, infrastructure of new york city and um wow. everyone knows it but just no one wants no one is doing anything about it like, oh, okay. It's over yeah, now. Like,
1: thanks. Until we, something happens, that no that one's going to do one. anything. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Deprived, yeah. it's fine.
0: <laughs> Stacy has good. a good point. She goes, I think playing outside really built uh, imagination and creativity. And now with all the electronics, creativity is much lower with kids.
1: I don't know. I mean, I do, like, I do think that maybe the creativity is just changed because yeah, some of the stuff that's it. that my nephews say, I'm like, where do you come up with this stuff? Like, yeah. And yeah, my
0: nephew fun. he would get really creative on a before TikTok. There was um, Vine and uh, yeah. d- Dub Smash, so he would get really creative on that stuff.
2: Yeah, I think you're right with the creativity in the in the, in the um, <laughs> alligators, alligators and sewers. Yeah, right. That, <laughs> that was a, that was a that was a thing back in the. Uh, I, I, I think I think the 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 um there's a different type of imagination, but I, I I do agree that there was a different t- like that different type of uh, imagination, and I would say it's like because um. I would play in the, in the swimming pool or I would play with the kids and stuff like that. And they will like not know what to do. Everyone's playing and say, Hey, look, let's make a game. Mm-hmm. I would be the only, I'll be the only person to say it. And like, these guys are like, come on, let's make a game. And I think that that comes from back in the days of, mm-hmm. of having that, Imagination that these kids don't have. And I always got to always come up with the game because no one has, like, oh, it's, you know, everyone's on their phone and everything like that. I'm like, hey, come on, let's do this. Let's do this in the pool. So we're always playing these, like, you know, wrestling games or football g- games that we, we incorporate wrestling into it. And they, they you know, and they think, oh man, this is so fun and everything. And I'm like, these guys, you know, it's like no one has that sort of like come up with the imagination of just trying to figure out how to make fun with anything. And so, yeah. All right. Let's see what this says back in.
0: Mike. Didn't have internet. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. I remember being the remote control who had to turn the knob on the television for my family.
1: Like, that's (laughs) another thing about being the youngest, right? Um, Yep. The channel who's, who's going to go turn the knob. Crystal, exactly. The youngest.
2: <laughs> that was me too. I was I was the youngest. I had to change the whole thing. And, and I feel, feel like we
0: to, all are bonding we, over that youngest moment right now.
2: <laughs> you, had to, you, had, you had to watch everything. So you had to watch what the oldest wanted to watch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. You had oh, to watch it. So yeah, I you, there, the TV. there is and, and it helped me as I got older with filmmaking too because I tell you things that I did not want to watch and I was forced to watch. Star Trek was one of them, and then I got. I got so into it because my cousin was older than the boys. He's like, we had to watch Star Trek. I was like, I don't want to watch Star Trek. And then I was forced to watch, it and I'm like, oh, I like Star Trek. I was one of them. Um, my cousin was so crazy about the Planet of the Apes movie series. You know, and they was, <laughs> I was scared when I was little. I was scared of all of them. And then now, I was like, oh my god, they're great. You know mm-hmm. that 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 whole five series movie of of, of Planet. Apes. So a lot of things. That, that I was forced to watch that, you know, as years go by, when I look at it, I'm like, I watch it now, I'm like, oh yeah, because I was forced to watch those those shows. Um, but yeah, I remember even when, but it was great because we would go to the movie theater to watch, we would go like as a family to watch Friday the Thirteenth, right? Because the oldest wanted to watch it.
0: Yeah. And
2: I was the youngest one, I was like maybe six going in to watch freaking uh, Friday the Thirteenth part three. And I'm like, <gasps> I was scared, but I was forced to watch it. And I watched all the bad movies because the oldest wanted to watch it. So that was pretty cool though. You know, yeah, it's, really- it's
1: definitely because of my brothers that I got introduced to horror movies. Like I was like five or six, and they were like, let's watch Fright Night. I was like, Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then they yeah. couldn't stop me from watching the horror movies. <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah, that's how exactly so- how I got into it all. They just watched all the movies that they, they wanted to watch. And never I had no say to watch any
0: of the movies. So, so I want to come back to the horror movies, but Hilton, I went through such a range of emotions just now when you were talking about Star Trek, because I am a diehard Trekkie. <laughs> yeah. so, okay. I got to ask, like, what is your favorite Star Trek series? Like what, what is your series that you will go to or that you just really liked when you watched it?
2: The original, the original series. And what, what what I love the most to me, believe it. I love the, the original series of uh, uh, Captain Kirk, but Mm-hmm. The movie series, Search of Khan, you know, those were, like, amazing. You could watch them now. And I remember we made such a family event on the Search of Khan. That's why we brought that. Mm-hmm. And, um, oh, what's his name? that was in in Monto? Mo- oh, my God. He was a Latin. He was, one like, the first Latin actor to go there. And my mom was like, we got to watch it because, uh-huh. you know, he was this Latin actor. And there was never, at that time, a Latin actor that was on screen. And my mom never used to want to go to the movies because she was always working. But that one she wanted to see because he was in it. And we made it such a family event, right? And then I remember my mom dressing up in her best outfit to go see Star Trek because yeah. And uh, I still remember it, and we would laugh. And my mom, like, "What are you doing? Dude? We're just watching a movie." She's like, "No, <laughs> watch it. We're gonna see what's his name on the screen." And uh, it was cute. It was cute, and I would never forget it because I remember like. My mom mentioned it. Look, look, and I remember looking at it. I'm like, "Wow!" She was so happy to see you know him in it. And you know what? The movie was awesome, dude. Uh, you know, I'm I'm I, I I I gotta look at it on my phone now. It's like,
1: but yeah, yeah, look um, it up.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, I'm pretty sure he was. Uh, was it a, a fantasy island guy? But yeah, my, and I got so into it. Um, Oh, my God! now, it's like, oh gosh. but yeah, i I, I got into it because of uh, my cousin, um, mm-hmm. and he just loved it so much. and which is your favorite? Which one would you go to?
0: You know, I'm a next generation girl, but i I grew up with my parents with the original, but I think when I really came of age, it was just all next generation. So even now, I'll re replay next generation over and over again. But I'll read Deep Space Nine books. I don't know. Ah, so
2: yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) Anything with Worf, I like Worf.
2: (laughs) No, my yeah. Those. What was the other one that I got into? um, Because I was forced to. uh... Oh my god!
0: Oh, there's Hadley. (laughs) Hey.
2: Yeah, I keep. I gotta look which ones. Also, I was. I got into Buck Rogers. I, I, I got. I love Buck Rogers, and I never wanted to watch when I was little. Like I don't want to watch and watch it. And then after watching, I just love Buck Rogers. It is. It brings me back so much memories. Uh, so yeah, that was one of them. Uh,
0: Mike, I did not know that about you. So that's awesome. <laughs> which one is that? <laughs> uh, he's a trekker With <laughs> Fifty Star Trek conventions. That is awesome. He met
1: all the original cast. Really?
0: Oh, that's cool. Man, that's awesome. I can't. I don't know how many times I can say awesome, but that you know, I said it a lot. <laughs> I have
1: no opinion on Star Trek. I think I, know. I in the movies. Tell once. me.
0: <laughs> I know. I know. I think I made her watch some, and she was like, "Whatever."
2: <laughs> yeah. Listen. You know. I mean. Yeah. Not a, a lot of people are like really into it. You know. I mean, you know,
0: but I I, I. I
1: really am, Wanda. I really am. <laughs> I'm just. <laughs> I have nothing against Star Trek. I just. It's just not something I ever really watched or was exposed but to. You know and what? I, I again, was, a I was good same, thing
2: supported. <laughs> same way as you were when I was younger, but I was forced mm-hmm. to watch all the episodes. Um, and I tell you, my cousin was such a huge. He got me into science fiction. That he actually was the one that my favorite movie is Blade Runner. Blade Runner, Blade Runner is many people's favorite film,
0: and it was the original of, or new.
2: The original. Okay. Oh, uh, Harrison Ford with you know with the uh, 1984. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, he's also in the new one also. So my, my cousin is the one that got me into that, and um, because of him, Blade Runner is my favorite film of all time. And um, it was just him was such a big science fiction fan. And Dune, it was just he would watch it over and over and over and over. And and because of him, I just love science fiction. And it's uh, it's so cool because I, I I think that's a uh, that was so cool that you know sometimes you got to open your eyes and stuff and you know i guess being a little it's like being always in the background what are you watching and i'm like Ugh. He's Like you know I, you have to sit down you know I was like all right because you had no internet so you have to sit down and watch and you're like okay yeah this, i like this you know and, and you watch it. whatever
0: came on too you couldn't flip through all the different channels or or just a binge watch a series you were just kind of stuck and you had to wait till the following week uh, for the next episode
2: yeah <laughs> you, know. And you know it's funny they don't make they don't make science fiction stuff like they used to know like like x files was like almost like the last sort of like amazing like television science fiction show and and i just don't see that anymore like they're not putting really the money into like science fiction as they used to i know it's the hardest genre Mm -hmm. to to promote and, and and make money out of out there but it's a pretty you know there's a big fan base out there but they just don't put the money into it as much you know
1: well, I think right now it's more like horror TV's having its moment. Yeah, like because they did, um, you know, like well, Supernatural, True Blood, um, Walking Dead, Walking Dead. Thank you. Uh, there's, I mean, there's so many just like horror things out there right now. I know I'm. That's just like a few of the big ones. Um, so I think like the horror TV's having its moment. And I think it just cycles through and science fiction will probably come back. Yeah. That's true. I'll be. I agree with you. I, that'd be cool to have like a science
0: fiction horror movie that's not Jason, because there's a Jason in space. <laughs> um, <laughs> <but> <laughs> oh, I mean, I guess like Aliens. Yeah, that's like a science fiction horror. Yeah. yeah. So, and they did like Prometheus and stuff. So. Yeah, you did that. There's a lot of stuff, and that's what's really fun. There's so many things out there that no matter what you're interested in, you're gonna find something. So, whether it's good or bad, you're gonna find something.
1: Well, with like the streaming services, like it's you know, there's so many, you know, like you can do um, what is it, chiller? Is that the one that's just horror?
2: They do have a chiller and shutter, Shutter. Shutter. thank you,
1: shutter. That's what I was thinking of. But, you know, like, so they have, like, the streaming services that are very specific. And then just, like, with all the streaming services coming up with, like, their own content now and not just mm-hmm. stuff from the networks. Like, there's so much stuff out there that you can find whatever you want. Hadley, I think
0: that was Event Horizon.
2: Yes, Event Horizon.
1: No.
0: How's it going? Uh, Mike got a meet and greet with 1989 Kelly. There we go.
1: Oh, nice! Nice. Is
0: awesome. Mike's got to meet a lot of people. Yeah, I, was I didn't know all this like,
1: We were talking about like, was it when we were talking about Stephen King that Mike was like, "Oh, I've done this and this and this." Yeah. Like, Mike's got a story for everything we do. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I have all these uh, autographs from Stephen King, and I'm like, okay. Uh, that's, well, that's Mike's really...
0: going to be in and out. He's kind of <laughs> having. He's having a little bit of issues with his internet. Uh, <laughs> Well whatever we see you, Mike, you've already you filled the void on a lot of stuff. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's cool. Well, tell us a little bit about um what kind of inspired your stuff that you delved into. Because obviously you did stuff with your your brother and your cousin when you were younger. What got you into the horror genre? Like what 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 got you jumping in there?
2: You know, um uh, I you know it's I I always I love all genres of movies you know i always feel like you know it doesn't really matter genre as long as the story is great um the ultimate love story is always the best for me and uh and you can see i incorporated that in zombie with shotgun i wanted to do sort of like a zombie love story which the point of view of the zombie and i wanted to do my own interpretation of it horror but when i started like learning filmmaking it was like in the early 90s um, going to the mid '90s, and that's when the whole Brothers McMullen and Quentin Tarantino's of the worlds, and no one was doing horror at that time. And I, I grew up with a with a bunch of classmates going to school that no one wanted to talk to about about horror. Everybody wanted to be like the next, like let's do the next, you know, Brothers McMullen or Pulp Fiction and stuff, like those kind of like films and Two Days in the Valley kind of like storytelling and stuff like that, and I was like kind of like the outside, like, you know what? Uh, I don't know if I should mention horror, you know? So I'm like, I was cool with that, you know? That was the time, you know, to to do those kind of like dialogue driven films. And I was working with a lot of films of friends, you know, on their sets and everything. And I was working on my own projects and everything like that. <clears throat> and I I don't know why I never went into horror because horror was like, you can, like I said, it, I don't have a favorite genre, it kind of favorite genre, because, you know, that's the stuff that I I watched mostly, but when I was younger and I, I, I think a lot of it is the, um, I really enjoyed your segment. Oh, wow. Great. I want to talk about that after we could. So what happened is, um, you know, you know how it is as an artist, as a filmmaker, you guys doing films. like Today, you would think about, all right, I'm going to shoot this in the next month. And then you'll get a call the following week to say, hey, Hilton, I got this job I want you to do. I got this small budget, and we want you to do this and that. And I think I got stuck on that. I got stuck on – because I got stuck in doing documentaries. And docu- I, I, I was never, you know, tending to do documentaries. So then I got kind of like stuck doing documentaries and um i was doing you know a bunch of these documentaries i would say like around the 2000s and um i did a little bit of you know short films and stuff there and there but because i wanted to go back and because i always love narrative you know fiction projects i just love creating not saying the documentary is not creating but it's usually the documentary the subject matter is already created for you you just gotta you know go and tell the story whatever and i got stuck doing that and then um then i i i uh i came out with a um I published a a photography book uh, by a famous photographer by um, called Bill Butterworth on the photographs of Forty Second Street during the eighties and nineties, and we had a huge success on it. And then um, uh, and then after that there was another documentary I did that got like, you know, it it was, it went all over. It it, it went sort of kind of like viral, and then I started realizing that um, um it 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 was there was like kind of like really not control the projects that I was doing at that time I didn't really feel controlled I don't know if that makes sense I felt like mm-hmm. the stories like they were there but they weren't like mine and I kind of felt like you know uh, I needed to go back to doing narrative you know fiction films and I wanted to do and, and I always tell everybody it's like a to me, narrative fiction is like playing with a dollhouse, you know, a plain dollhouse, and you make that house yourself. You make the bedrooms and you make, you know, you, you, the, the closets, you, you, you know, you paint the house. And that's to me what filmmaking is. You have a plain dollhouse and you make that the house you want it to be. And I, I wanted to make that control, you know, make, and I just said one day, I was like, you know what? I'm going to leave this documentary. And it just came to me. I want to do my own interpretation of the zombie genre. And the web series were getting really popular at the time. And I said, I just want to do this. And I got my friend, um, Braden, who's the zombie, the the lead role of the zombie. I told him the idea and he's like, oh, I love it. We did that first episode. We shot that. We cut it. We did it in one month. And in that month it was released, I would say my horror, whatever you want to call it, career was started. I've gotten... Thousands of emails people thought that it was actually a real television series that was created. I was getting calls emails from networks telling me we want to see this because web series was so new that they thought it was actually a first preview of a television series that I created and I was going to sell. So all these networks was like emailing me, telling me we want we want the first dibs on this and everything. And I would tell them no, it's, it's just a five minute short film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, a, it's a part of a first web series and everything. But it got viral. I, I think I was like over a hundred articles in like after two to three months. Wow. So we started doing. We did the second, the third, the fourth, and the fifth. And I was like, wow. Then we did the six, six, six. We did we did it, that whole thing, and then went back into documentaries, I got a call. And so that's how I really basically got into horror film. And it had to do with me just trying to like, I wanted to like do something different and get away from everything that I was doing. And that only thing that I never did was horror. So that was, you know, to answer the question, that's why I went into horror because I did everything. I did comedy, I did, you know, drama. I did, you know, even suspense short films and 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 you know, I did a uh, a thriller feature film in early and late 90s. Never released it. It was one of those films that I did shot on film and everything. It's just, you know, festival. That's actually a film that I will go back, work out, recut it and release it one day. And horror was the only genre that I did not do. So mm-hmm. that's why I came into it.
0: Well, you can definitely see a lot of your influence of doing documentaries on that episode Hadley was talking about the one that you were in with the mirror. Cause it was very kind of documentary style, especially yeah. where, you, you know, you were talking about the podcast and you, and you pick up yeah. people driving and stuff.
2: So, so. so I tell you a little bit. So when we did, we there's eight episodes, eight chapters. So when I first did the first like episodes for, you know, we were going to do for the Crip Horror kind of site, we, I wanted to you know, look, I'm, whatever. It was kind of stupid, whatever. Call it stupid or not, but ambitious or whatever. I wanted to shoot every single one on a different camera, and of course, different actors, different story, different DP, different look. I was like, I wanted to do something so different. So you could see, you can see that it it ended up being like that. And we did almost well. I, the first, like I think, six were all done in different cameras, different stories. Um, I wanted to do one that was like playing like a documentary like, and that had kind of like an exotic kind of feel with the girls. Then I wanted to get the revenge of the female story in there. And I wanted to have all these sort of like stories put onto one about the same um, entity. And one of them, like you said, was like the podcast, kind of like a documentary mm-hmm. feel. And then I had found footage and let's put yeah, found mm-hmm. footage in it also. So that's what I was trying to do. I was I was trying to do everything different. Like I said, you know, whatever. You know, I look back at it and I say, yeah, we didn't have to use a different camera the whole time, but whatever. You know, so I I wanted to do it. You know, um, I wanted to work with different actors in each of the episodes, uh, and and like I said, different cameras and different feel feel of the film. of Of each one had a different feel. Um, like I said, one was documentary, one was found footage, one was like you know. Like I said, revenge and all that stuff. But uh, yeah, I incorporate all the things that I, I I kind of felt like I knew what I was doing.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, that's really cool with the with each episode being filmed with a different camera because then you get that different feel. Yeah, for it, and I yeah, that did was pretty cool. Hadley, yeah,
1: they all had different. I definitely like they did. They all felt like totally different stories. But mm-hmm. then they did, like you said, they had that connection with the. With the 666 demon. And like, and then there was like... Um, where you had... I think it was... Oh my gosh, I'm trying to remember what order they were in. Because I watched like three on YouTube. Then I went to Amazon and watched like the full thing. And they were in different orders. So I don't remember the order of each one. Okay,
2: yeah. right.
1: Yeah, but like you had... Like the couple in the one, and then like her sister was in another one, yeah. And so it was like a totally different feel, totally different story, but it had like that connection. And I thought mm-hmm. that was pretty cool, yeah.
2: yeah I I that, that one was like that. uh, yeah, that actually, was um, that was actually one of my favorite episodes. Yeah, fourth one. yeah. <laughs> I had a lot of fun in that one. That was, was what it was like, it was pretty fun. They were all fun, they were all some of them were definitely, you know, how it is. There's, there's more than one that was challenging and the other ones, but uh. Yeah. Um damn, I was about to say something.
1: Sorry. Oh,
2: no, right. no. Um <laughs> Um um when it was somebody was talking about my episode. Who was it that said it?
0: Uh Hadley. Hadley. Hadley? Oh, the, yes. okay. The, the yeah, mirror to, episode, uh, yeah.
1: Uh, yeah.
2: A little bit trivia on, on that whole uh, sort of um story. That was actually based on a true story. I Really? Yeah, I, I'm going to put in IMDB trivias, certain things that happened. That was based on a true story where I was an Uber driver because, you know, I, I, I dabble in doing all the kinds of stuff mm-hmm. and I wanted to try how, how this whole kind of like new world is and that really happened to me. That whole scenario really happened to me and I remember telling a couple people and they were like, that's bullshit and I'm like, I fucking swear to God. And so
1: like, you went into somebody's house and they had the whole seance set up.
2: No, on the driver's side, not that side. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> the side of the, the the people who have lied to me that they had wanted me to sleep in my house. That was that was a true story. The seance was that was made up. But the one I should have I, I should have uh clarified myself what the story I was talking about. The story about the, the, the couples that wanted to come over to sleep, that was based on a true freaking event that happened to me. Oh, I believe it. Crazy.
1: People people are they're weird. People oh, are so gosh. weird. I, I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I totally believe that's I wanted
2: experience that life that that whole thing and and, and let me tell you, I can write it, let me tell you there's other stories that I would tell you that I can't even believe that. That just, it's just how weird people are, but yeah, that yeah. was one of them. But
1: like yeah. You the right that... decision in not letting them come to your house. That's what they were trying to do. Right.
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I, i would never like there. The, and you know what? I kept it. The hard part of that story is that I kept it rate, like as rated G as that story was the, the real, like what they were saying and want it was just really out of there that, I wanted to tame it as much as possible to fit in the film. Like I didn't want to like go into like what really things that they were saying.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: uh, so I put it that, that, that side of the story with, like I said, it's very PG. Um, but it was, yeah. a, it, was a, it was a creepy. Uh, um, again, I'm what I like, I, I meant to put it on IMDb a trivia that that was like, that story is basically, that was a true uh, story that happened to me.
0: Oh, well, if you want any more stories, Crystal and I have both been pizza delivery drivers, <laughs> and if you want horror stories, be a female pizza delivery driver.
2: That's <laughs> uh, for you. <laughs> listen, I you know that's actually that's actually a really good horror concept there. Pizza <laughs> delivery. Uh, I know the matter of fact. I know didn't they come with a horror film last year called Slice? But it was a it was it was a. Oh my god! I think it was an Amazon original, but that's actually a pretty good story. You guys yeah, should. There you yeah, go. Yeah, two. There you go. We're working on little, something. Two <laughs> Yes, yes. That is so actually the beginning of the story.
0: Londa here says she sees a pupper. She always spots all the animals. Yeah. <laughs> so, so who, you, who you got behind you there, Hilton? Oh my gosh. Um,
2: that's uh, that's my. Oh my um,
1: goodness. Yeah, oh.
2: and then that's oh, my cool. Aussie Shepherd, and then. You want you and look who's bellow. That's my
0: uh, husky.
2: and then my other husky, they always sleep around me, is right there.
0: Oh man, Aww. that's a cozy home right there.
2: Yeah, so so they all they all, they all surround me. So, two, 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 uh, two huskies and one Aussie shepherd. <laughs> and,
1: uh, nice. That's so, so total side note. My favorite part about my job is when I get to pet the animals. <laughs> because <laughs> uh i'm in um i'm in uh insurance and i go to people's houses and anytime that they have like their dogs get all excited and want pets and they're like i'm so sorry i'm like why are you apologizing oh, this yeah, is yeah. my favorite part of my job
2: <laughs> yeah. it, it, it's funny right because i i not not a lot of people know but i have a um a, a, a tiktok uh um, account that I, the dog star in, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I make all these stories with them and everything like that. But the dog, it's funny because I, I, there's one particular, um, video that I do is that it's, I never wanted the dogs. Um, and the dogs are, it's always like that, right? The dogs are attached mm-hmm. to me. They go everywhere I go. I walk, but I, I never wanted the dogs and they wait for me and everything. It's just crazy. Especially the Aussie He was like a he was like a gift and we were supposed to give it to somebody and he ended up staying with us and I ignored him. <laughs> Sounds <messed laughs> nice. I ignored him because I, I, I was like, you know, you, you 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 belong. You don't belong to me. Stay away from me, right? So he uh he just would not let go my sight. So it was just so funny. So eventually it was like, all right, you might he's like my partner in crime every day. He's like always by my side and like you know, how, you know the, the Aussies, you know, gather up the sheep and everything, right? So obviously, I don't have sheep here. Um, Every time I, like, when I go in, like, I'm like in the dark when I have to go into the garage to make sure like everything is good, locked up in the house, you know, shut the pool like off and everything. He, I make him go in first, and it's so funny because he does it. It's amazing. The dogs, these dogs, are amazing. The Aussie Shepherd. So it's like he knows. There's not sheep. So I open the garage door, it's pitch black, They have my little flashlight, I am like go. And he just scans the whole room. And <laughs> he comes back like the coast is clear. I was like, all right, I go to the garage. <laughs> Good to go. I'm like, yeah, it is just amazing. It just, it's, it's an amazing dog, it's just unbelievable. And the, wow. the, the Huskies is just so much energy. Um, they It's just a night and day, but they have the, the Huskies is just so much energy. They, they really, they don't know when to stop. They play, they play and mm-hmm. play, but they 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 just they're very hard, very hard to handle. <laughs> yeah,
1: I think a lot of people don't realize like how energetic huskies are, but I'm like they're like they're literally bred to be able to go on those long sweat yeah. runs, so yeah, they have to have a lot of energy to do that.
2: Yeah, you know? he would not get tired, especially yeah. the, the the black and white one. Um, he would not get tired. I have to stop. I'm like I'm tired. He would not stop. And I would have to leave the room because he won't. He just won't stop. He'll keep jumping on me, jumping on me, jumping on me. I say, okay, I gotta go. Yeah, yeah,
0: gotta go. Uh, Mike, he has to peace out a little bit. Thanks for joining us, Mike.
1: Thanks, Mike. Bye, hey, Mike. Love. <laughs>
0: Well, we are kind of coming up on the hour. It's been fun talking. Like, I don't want to end it.
1: I know. I just saw that. I'm like, but I want to keep talking. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Mike's all y'all got to wrap it up.
2: Yeah, he said, I got to go. It's long. Uh, (laughs) Hilton, I know you're
0: going to be on a few more weird.
1: um, Yeah, I
2: I don't mind. We could go a little bit longer. Don't. Oh, yeah. I I have no yeah I'm good. So, I mean, you're the one on the East
1: Coast. It's still early. I know. Yeah, we still got
2: the sun on our side. (laughs) Yeah. What's what 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 state? You say Arizona, right? Yeah.
1: Well, Bethany's in Arizona. I'm in Washington.
2: Washington. Okay.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Stacy says we need a part two.
2: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Always down for that. (laughs) Yeah. I I I, talking about part two. So what happened is that going back, I when I when we did the web series, I did the zombie with a shotgun feature. You know, we we. Hmm. We went on a campaign we raised monies and we shot the film um it was crazy we shot it in the hottest probably one of the hottest weeks of august in new york city it was really ridiculous it was like one of the could not pick the worst week to do it and when you watch that film zon was shot we shot it i think in i don't know 10 11 days but we still came back and shot like another three or four days that 10 11 days was 90 and up,
1: um. and
2: we were in basements, we were in attics, we were and and you would never tell. But there is, there was some scenes that we had recorded you know, we had the whole cast, you know, a crew. There was guys that was recording temperatures over 100 degrees, and we would have to like take breaks and stop. And it was like, you can't, it's so crazy that you cannot tell when you watch the film, but there was times that. People were flipping out. It's just too hot. We had to get the hell out, of it. and I was just—it was just so upsetting because it was just so hot. And I was like, kind of felt like, damn, man, it, why? You know, what, what happened? But we finished the film, you know, and um, we we released the film in 2019 um, in uh, November, November 28th to be precise. Amazon premiered it and stuff like that. Unfortunately, three months later the whole freaking United States got shut down of COVID. Mm-hmm. It was very upsetting because we had planned to um, do a convention, horror convention tour with the film. So oh, wow. And it was really upsetting. We never even got the opportunity for it. And we wanted to visit all these conventions, horror, comic book conventions, and just promote the film so we can make a sequel. We felt that the we had enough sort of energy and, and fan base to do it. And- we wanted to raise more monies also for the next one because we didn't have the monies to do a lot of the special effects. You know, a lot of the money went to like that one main scene because we just couldn't raise that much money. And um, again, you know, two, three years go by. We're like, damn, we just the people that wanted to work on the sequel are no longer around anymore. You know, a lot of people left and changed their career, went to other you know career paths and a lot of the actors not doing it anymore. And, so, you know, me working on this and working on other projects and in the last couple of months while trying to finish up the 666, you know, I was trying to gather some old, you know, friends and producers and it's like, hey, look, man, you want to do it or what? And slowly but surely we started to gather, like, the troops that they would say and we all, um, we all agreed to say, hey, once you release um, – you know, 6-6 six, six Beyond the walls of Paradise, I think we should just go forward and let's try to raise money for the campaign for Zombie Shotgun Part 2. You know, I call my main actor, you know, Braden, and he was game. He was like, let's do it. And uh, so that's where we're at now. We, we're we most likely maybe... I'm not sure. I can't really... You know, I, 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 I'm not... I mean, we're not there yet, but I would say in the next couple of months, we should release the campaign on the sequel. Okay, um, and, and we're going to... Whatever it takes, you know it's not easy to raise money. We all know that. It was very difficult for the first one. I, I've, I cannot believe how hard it was. It was. It wasn't even a nine to five job. It was a twenty four seven job, you know, trying to get people to raise money. So, you know, we we didn't. What with the monies that we raised wasn't even a lot the first one, and but we definitely want to raise more monies. But whatever we do, we're still going to do it, and um, it's going to be a lot of work, but it's going to be a lot of fun. So that's um, that's like the next thing that we you know where i'm aiming to do you know and again this business is really strange you know i might get a call next week hey i got this project to do let's do this so but that's that's the next plans that we're doing to try to go for the sequel of mm-hmm. zombie with a shotgun
0: now you said you had about like four other projects you were working on too right yeah yeah anything you can share on this yeah yeah i could definitely share so
1: <laughs> yeah okay. like that's coming out soon <laughs> yeah, what's
2: coming out? What's up? So, so A couple of things, like, so um, there was these couple of documentaries I did. Um, One was, uh, same thing. I was six, seven months before COVID, everything shut down. So I had a producer called me up to, um, again, I I always get mixed in the documentary. And I think it's because my earlier work, people still finding them online. And I, I got this gentleman that called me, found me on social media and said, hey, I, I, I'm looking for a director. I want you to come to Portland and I want you to shoot this documentary about these young um, African-American kid who got murdered by the police in Portland and was murdered uh, by mistakenly saying that he had a handgun, but it wasn't. And um, you know, I get a lot of people tell me things like that, like, "Oh, I want you to jump." I was like, "Yeah, yeah, whatever." So he's like, "No, I really want you to do it." So I'm like, "Yeah, you know, why you got so many filmmakers important? Why you know, I don't. I'm why here in New York, and you know." So he was like, "Oh, I like your work." He goes, "You know, I used to live in New York. I just feel like people from New York." Blah blah blah. So whatever. So he started filling me up more stories, and there was like a lot more of these cases, and. One that was recently, he was like, hey, look, the documentary's not gonna be about one person. It's gonna be about five or six people. And then he had told me a story about one of the gentlemen, which was a a homeless guy in the shelter. And it was on YouTube, how the Portland police just came in. And they just, you know, he he was arguing with them. And then they shot him and they killed him. It's all on YouTube. And um, not to get political, but there was sort of a catch to it because it was this white guy who got killed homeless white guy that got murdered and this uh, very powerful civil rights attorney who happens to be black is coming to portland and is going to slap a lawsuit against the portland police department while he is going to be defending this white guy and i thought it was just a great story like wait a minute how you know like this is pretty cool you know, because Portland is very like, you know, again, not going to go into politics, everything very liberal. And at the same time, he was also going to take care of the case of Moose, which the documentary is called Moose, which this young kid. So the guy comes, comes over. He's, I'm in downtown Manhattan, Lower East Side, when I was living there. And he calls me. He said, Guess what? And I go, What? He said, I'm around the corner from you. Because I told him where I, where I work, where I was at, where I live. And I was like, No shit. So I said, all right, he said I got a table here in the bar and I go around and he, he puts all the articles and I was like and again I was I left documentary and I'm like, oh gosh this this is this is starting to be a good story So to make the long story short two weeks later he's like, listen, I got you and your crew tomorrow come to Portland we shoot the film I got Airbnb I got everybody. And he bought all the tickets and everything in one day. Like it was like sh- weird. And I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm. What do you want me to do? Come tomorrow. Tomorrow he's like, yeah. So we went. We shot. The, we shot the film. Um, it was amazing. You know, we it, the case is just. Uh, they just settled the case. The mother won two million dollars from the Portland. Um, coughed up two million dollars for the loss of her son, which was Moose, which was the young sixteen-year-old African American kid where, who got shot by the police. And the other case is still going, it's, it's, it's going, but we, we shot the whole documentary and um, COVID happened and so much shenanigans. And again, this year, the producer comes back and say, hey, we're gonna fly you um, next couple of months. We're gonna sh- finish just like a, sort of like a summary of what happened with the case. So that is one story and yeah, the second one is just not, not to be too long. I finished the second one, and it's about I've shown the the, the, the trailer. And it's about this fifteen-year-old boy who had made nationwide headlines, where his parents both have HIV. He came out with a book, and he made national headlines. And Diane Sawyer interviewed in 2020. And his producer came up to me and said he wanted me to find him and wanted to know what happened to this guy. So I found him and we talk about his life story, what happened to his parents and everything. And documentary has been done, but it's just trying to figure out, find a home. So those are the two, two other documentaries that one is completely ready to go. And Mm -hmm. one, um, everything in the can, but not edit. And um, yeah, I mean, those are, those are the other, those are the two documentaries and, and um, yeah, I don't want to bore you anymore.
1: <laughs> oh, nothing boring. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, the last one I can say is that, you know, I'm, I'm, I, um, I think I told you about the photo book of the 40 Deuce and um, we want to do a documentary on the photographs of the 19, during the 1980s and 90s of the 40 Deuce, 42nd Street, how it used to be in New York City. And that's actually a really, really big project that I have these producers that's trying to help me launch it, so that's one of them. but it's just weird again because I, I have I have like um, um my earlier works at documentary, a lot of like a lot of people that contact me or, or like producers, they, they don't even know that I have a whole like horror narrative world. They think I just do documentaries, and then when I they find like, "Oh, I didn't know you do horror," I'm like, "Yeah, how do you not know that?" It's like, oh, I thought you only do documentaries. And then <laughs> vice versa. When people know I do hard, it's like, I didn't know you do documentaries. It's like, I know. It's it's just I got <laughs> <stuck."> so <laughs> it's kind of like funny. It's <laughs> weird that yeah. the two worlds don't know that I exist in the other world. So it's just so funny. But but yeah, I mean, I I mean I love doing it all. I, I mean I love doing all this stuff. I got stuck doing it and I just I I do love it. And um, but now with the whole um, you know horror stuff that's that's like one of the main things now i'm, I'm getting into mm-hmm. it Says i want to talk about documentary sometime absolutely yeah, <laughs> yeah. i mean like yeah that's so funny well, that's and, what i was saying
0: is crystal does a a crime documentary or a podcast
1: yeah murders mysteries and mayhem mm-hmm.
2: yeah that's like that is that is a perfect for, mm-hmm. for that story yeah
1: yeah, so we could uh we could maybe have you on there sometime and talk about that cuz that would be really interesting to talk about. Yeah,
2: and and, and not to give a uh, not to give like a, a a you know there is a crime story that looks like I'm going to do but I'm not allowed to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So there is a crime story documentary that that they want me to do that um they're like they don't want me to talk about it but it's like uh it looks like that might be my next documentary believe it or not.
0: Well, um, you should guest host on Crystal
1: Show.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that would be great. Be when great. you're allowed
1: to talk about it.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, it, it's just it's just um yeah, they just like, you know, we don't want to talk about it cuz it's like whatever. Like in the works. I'm like, whatever, you don't want me to talk about. It. I don't want to talk. I don't know what the big deal is, but they're like, don't say anything, you know, do talk about it. Said, "Okay." But yeah, no, it's uh But again, it's like it's it's so strange cuz like, again, I, I would like Next week or two, I, I. Somebody would like, hey, I got this project, let's do it. Just you know, that's how it is. You guys know how just how it is. It's like, mm-hmm. I don't, maybe next week or two weeks, I'm working on something. Totally, you know, I get all these people. Oh, like, I, matter of fact, one of my good friends, all the way in India, he's a, he's a producer, does films. I've known him for so many years. He's like, I'm coming I'm coming back to New York the 25th. Yeah, I need you to be there cuz I got something I want you to do. And I'm like, okay, you know, so
0: I'm like, You're like a jack of all trades. Oh. I'm like, <laughs> all right,
2: let's let's whatever you want to do. And the only thing he says, just one thing. Do you like road trip movies? And I'm like, yeah, oh. whatever. <laughs> <laughs> i was like, yeah, let's just do whatever road trips I say whatever. Just I'm 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 willing to do anything, but that's that I like, you know, obviously got to make sense to me, you know, something.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> Yeah. I think being open to anything like that, though, it like opens you up for like more just to be like a more well-rounded person. And you can like bring stuff over from one area into another area. And like it just gives you a lot more experiences, too, just in mm-hmm. life.
2: Yeah, I do agree because. um, um Yeah, that is good. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. She mm-hmm. said and it is true though because yeah it, it opens me up for you know work and stuff like that like you know if i never did my early work in documentaries i would have never got hired to do those projects you know and, and so that's pretty like pretty good but i i wouldn't again i would never and it, it, this, this is this is interesting because i'm going to tell you what really got me doing documentaries why i got my earlier, one of my projects that I did years ago, and it was like, uh, wow, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sound old when I say this. It was like 20 years ago, I worked on a documentary that was an erotic documentary, right? And it's not erotic, but it's the storyline. I have it. I actually promote it a lot on my social media. It's called Art of Erotica. And it's these uh, six artists that talk about the censorship that goes on online in America. And mm-hmm. one of the main artists is this female photographer. She's considered the best fetish photographer out there. And she decided to go against the Supreme court against, uh, she created the sexual co- coalition, which coalition of freedom versus the United States Supreme court. were basically saying that the public domain the people own it. no one the government does not own the public domain and then the government should not tell us what to do what not to do unfortunately we have community standards right so community standards can tell us what we can't watch when i do it. so uh um you know for example like maybe in arizona <clears throat> the community standards there like i give an example because it happened to us we shot it we, sh- we did a trailer And some state actually in YouTube, the community standards got us kicked out because of some certain community standards that each state has. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: So Barbara Nikki, who's this photographer that went against the Supreme Court on United States of America went and unfortunately she lost. So the documentary is basically about that. It's about this journey that she's the last segment in the documentary, but these other artists are trying to figure out why their work is considered porn or art. What people just think is not as art can be porn and porn is not art. But these are, these are amazing artists. And the documentary did a huge tour, all of Europe. Of course, Europe ate that shit because they love that kind of like stuff there, uh, that kind of like erotic art and everything. And it went all over the whole freaking Europe. I mean, it went to every almost every single country and it toured it around and then that was one of the reasons everyone felt like, oh, this is documentary filmmaker here who did this this uh, <laughs> erotic project and everything, and you wouldn't believe it. It's just, I still have such a huge fan base, and, um, and I can't even believe it. Out of all the places, Amazon showcases it. You know, mm-hmm. Prime. You know, unfortunately, I, I wish it was. Free. I try to get it for people to watch it free. Amazon that refuses. Amazon's like, no, you, this is a project that this is a, a, a that wants to pay for it. I just got um, Apple TV last week is interested in putting it on their Apple thing. But one of the problems is that they wanted me at the end of the segment. The footage was a little bit stretched out. I can't find the original footage. So Mm -hmm. it's like, damn, you know, so I might lose out on that. Um, They want the original footage because I stretched it out to look like a letterbox. Mm -hmm. And since the project was like shot 20 years ago, Mm -hmm. I, I. I, I don't even know where the hell the footage is. You know, I have the, the footage that's stretched out, but where the, the original source came from, I, I can't, you know, it was, it was so many years went by and so many hard drives. i like, I gotta like, I don't know how many boxes I gotta dig into to find that. But anyway, that's that was just a little bit of a footnote. Uh, the the documentary is called The Art of Erotica, The Outsiders. And you gotta
0: go find that TikTok guy. He'll find that video for you.
2: Yeah. <laughs> He would love it. I am he telling you.
1: He would love <laughs> oh, it. It's I know where that is. <laughs> that's, that's,
2: that's great uh, stuff that we did. Yeah, and it was. It's great. It had, m- most of the profiles is rhetor- famous photographers that do erotic art, and 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 it's not like raunchy and everything. That you just you know, but Barbara Nikki amazing. dude. she's taken photographs from all the greatest porn stars and filmmakers, and her last name is taken because she married the famous. Uh, porn star who did uh, Devil in a Blue Dress, I think it is. Oh, I forgot the famous, oh. his name, Nikki, is, she still has his last name. She was married to him. And that's how she got into the whole industry. Mm-hmm. She explains it in the, in the documentary. It's freaking awesome. And she has her light, Her photographs of some, you know, Vanessa D'Ario and uh, Randy, What these guys' names. Um, uh, my God, it came in, uh, Portia Lynn. It um, got it's on it's it's in a documentary. It shows all like a lot of her work from these classic uh, behind the scenes, and then she's gone from all this different types of uh, art, erotic art. And it's just a, it was a, it was it was a great. Uh, I had a lot of fun doing it. I mean, and and I think she, she, they were all amazing. I mean, Barbara was so amazing. I mean, you could look up her work. She just, I mean, she has this huge uh, photo book. I forget. Yeah. Kind of feel bad. I think she she had a book signed for me, I never went to pick it up. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm like oh my god, I know she probably was like, yeah. It's like I remember I was supposed to go, but couldn't make it. But um, oh, but, gosh. um yeah. I mean, like, yeah. It, I, I promoted also on on um, um social media also. So, but that was just like I said, another footnote. So what what ha- how that how did that happen to now is just amazing. it. but yeah.
0: Well, it's interesting to see how one aspect of your life can have an impact on the rest of your life like just like you said, your documentary crew don't know that you do horror horror doesn't know you do a documentary, but like it's all you, you know it's all just part of yeah that.
2: and and I think like earlier what you said um that that it helps me you know doing open up to do a lot of things you know and and I, and and I and I've, if I had mentioned before that I, I I wanted to get away from it, I was like, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to do documentaries, but mm-hmm. it just keeps coming back, and I'm like, ah, why not?
1: You know, like it's your it's, bread and butter. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, why not? I'll do it and everything like that. But yeah, was what what you know? Um, maybe the next thing is doing documentary and horror. <laughs> right. Yeah, but yeah, you
0: just never know. Well, that's like uh, um, you'll find out with the other podcast that you're on with the weird A lot of us are zombie or horror authors. Yeah. But zombie is like our bread and butter. So like we may like zombies, but they're not. But like that, that's just what garnered a lot of attention was the zombie stuff. But if you delve into like some of the other. Yeah. Other people on the other podcast, like they've got so many different stuff out there. They've got far more than I do. I got like my one book, but like they are. They got so yeah, many yeah.
2: And, and and it's interesting because you know when I did zombie with a shotgun, I, I I'm not I won't lie to you, I I never really um, uh, thought that I would be known as like a zombie guy, and I never really even like research or knew about a lot about the history of zombies. I knew, of course I knew about zombies, but mm-hmm. it wasn't it was, I never intended that it was gonna be I was gonna go so deep into that zombie genre, whatever you want to call it, subgenre and everything like that. And as I got into it, I couldn't kind of realize like, wow, this is like a really massive like, you know, fan base of zombies is so huge, and I never like I, I underestimated it so much, and um, I felt like you know, then I started to get like a lot of arguments with like, zombie freaks. Yeah, and <laughs> you know, and, and I
0: would get people a lot like, of passionate people out there. Yeah,
2: they're like, oh, <laughs> you know, how dare you, you know. Screw with the mythology of zombie hood and make it seem like zombies are humans, and I would get these guys and go at it on me, and I'm like,
1: "What?" And I'm like, "Look, dude. I liked that about it." Yeah, and I'm like, "Dude, Does you he know, have, like his own, like he still like had his consciousness and everything." Like I thought yeah. that was really cool. Yeah, and
2: and, and it's so funny because in, in the sequel, what we're doing, and I'll tell you a little bit about the sequel. It's um the the there is some sort of like um little argument that i put in there like but it's because i'm introducing vampires into this oh nice and the whole vampire clan doesn't understand that as well so it's kind of like a jab at it you know like the vampire like how the hell you evolved there's no such thing as this you must not be a zombie you must be something different but we find out, no, I am a zombie. So it is like a pretty, like, you know, kind of like jab to that whole thing of like, no, you're not a zombie. Yeah, I am, you know. But it's it just, you know, I, I, I've i gotten to so many pe- You wouldn't believe how many people told me that. It's like, that, that's not a zombie. I'm like, why not? You know what I mean? It's, it's, everybody has their own interpretation, whatever they wanted to do. Huh. And, and But again, that's just going back to how there are these zombie freaks that I could not believe. Like, I was, like, stepping on their freaking, like, sorry, I, I didn't know that. You're <laughs> so mad that I decided to do a zombie. You know that was more had a human. You know, half like you know half man, half amazing. It was it was half man, half zombie. Mm-hmm. And um, but yeah, it's huge. You know, and and um, I I I, I, I respected so much. You know, and I it's 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 crazy. Even though I would release a had um, the message keeper it. right. <laughs> I, I would tell you this, and this is the truth. I can do Beyond Paradise 666. I can do my other short projects. I can do the documentaries. But I always get one question. When is your next zombie film? That's <laughs> how, and I would get hits on my zombie page. And I've done this. Zombie was released three years ago. Zombie with a Shotgun. And stuff i haven't even really like updated a lot of stuff and i still get more hits on my zombie cha- my my zombie social media than any of my social media channels and i don't even really and i don't even promote it like that as much i'm promoting this i'm promoting other stuff and i just laugh i'm like damn dude these guys are crazy they want, <laughs> they want more zombie stuff but i love it and again it's the truth i get like Every day I get a dozen messages on my zombie channel about zombie, this zombie, that's Where can I see where I can see that? But the other one it would get like maybe two, mm-hmm. three. And I was like, wow, this, this uh, I gotta do the sequel. You know, I have <laughs> to do it. You know, I, I think I owe it to the fans too. I think I had a responsibility of of how long, you know, it's been over 10 years since it's created. I created in 2012 the first episode and how time flies, right? Time is shit, mm-hmm. right? I mean, time is so shit. And it's like we're in 2023 and I'm like, God damn, dude. I just I did it 2012 and like I can't believe how time flies. But I felt like you know, I stayed with a lot of the fans for all this time. I felt like a responsibility to say, hey, you know what? I gotta I owe it to them. I feel like I owe it to them where you know the first one fell pretty short where it didn't really have what the zombie farms wanted. They wanted the gore, they wanted like blood, they wanted splatter, you know, the guy with the shotgun, right? So I'm like, okay, I gotta give it to them, and that's why how I feel like I feel like I need to do it. You know, the second one to give them that, give them what they wanted. You know, I gave sort of the lovey-dovey kind of thing that I like in part one because I I love the ultimate love story, blah blah blah, whatever you want to call it. I think there's nothing like an ultimate. You know, that's to me. That's for filmmaking is always about like a great love story. So, but I'm like now, you know what? I did what I want to do. Let's do the second one. Let's give what they want to do, what the fans like, and and I think that that'll be cool.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to follow it up with... I'll open this up to anybody, but you have the zombie apocalypse, all right? We've got uh, the the demonology that she kind of delve in with the urban legends stuff like that, with a uh, 6666? Six, 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 six. Yeah. I didn't count my sixes there. Uh, <laughs> if you guys were in an apocalypse, what type of apocalypse would you guys want to be in? Like, if the mm-hmm. apocalypse happened?
2: Oh, um,
0: uh, uh, wait, you got choices? choices. You got like like like
2: a, if I want. Hey, yeah,
0: to be- yeah, whatever you want, whatever you want.
2: <laughs> oh my god! Um...
0: Not like you want to be in an apocalypse, but you know, I mean, I think people like the idea of not having to go to work the next day because something happens. So, <laughs>
1: I mean, not having I can use a vacation, so not having to go to work would be great. Um, but if it's not going to work because somebody's trying to eat my brains. That doesn't sound great to me. I don't know.
0: That feels like mm-hmm. retail management for me. So
1: <laughs> I mean we've already, we've already survived that apocalypse, have we?
0: Yeah. <laughs>
2: uh, you know what? I think that I would I I mean, I'm thinking about it all I think it's zombie populace because I think that you you're more likely to uh, group up with, with people, mm-hmm. you know, like where like if it's like a military populace, like everyone is on you know. I think that I think that would be good because I, uh, I feel like it's a group with more people even though when we're watching Walking Dead everyone wants to kill each other right but like you, you get to like really get together and and fight these you know you got you're not saying that the zombies are evil but they want to kill you and unfortunately you have no choice to kill them before they you get killed mm-hmm. I think that that would be probably the best way to go to 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 get everyone gathered up yeah, I'm thinking about, I don't know, I don't know, I don't yeah, know for some they, reason I was thinking about animals going, you know, like wild animals chasing people. I don't know. But I wasn't think there
0: was... a show called Zombies or something? Yes, it that was... was,
2: that's oh my right. Gosh. That's, right. Yeah, <laughs> yes. that's, that's probably why I was thinking. I was like, wait, animals coming after me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, you
1: know, I
0: think Hadley says she wants you to write a story for a writer of the apocalypse anthology. You
2: should write it. Should there you it. go. Why not? Why not? You know, it, and that's another thing, you know? Yeah, definitely told That's another thing that a lot of people has, has told me, like, why don't you write, like, cause I did the zombie with a shotgun comic book, right? And um, mm-hmm. I did the five issues. And it's funny because we were one short issue of completing the whole graphic novel because we I wanted to do different stories. And, and it's funny cause I just spoke to the comic book artist uh maybe like four or five days ago and say hey look I think we should just complete it and just put in the graphic now and everything just cut it short and get to the other story. But other people is telling me I should start writing like sign with a shotgun like you know novels or whatever stories. And I'm like I thought about it, it was just I just can't do everything. <laughs> it's just it's so why much not? A, why not
0: it, Hilda. <laughs> Yeah yeah
2: I know I just so it's just it's just so much right now. Like you know right now concentrating on the on the, the The sequel that's that's thing but yeah i i I do get people just telling me that you know um yeah that's that's a good yeah that might there's definitely might be something like that down the line
0: well if you want to jump in we definitely we would appreciate (laughs) any any other additions to riders of the apocalypse that'll be good uh hadley says that we were talking about zombies she said that glenn miller came on one of the shows so he did zombies in aquarium of the dead right there
2: Oh uh, well, yeah, and let me tell you, Zoomies was popular. That mm-hmm. was like a that was a very popular show. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. yes.
0: I wonder. You know what? What happened to it? I don't know. Uh, there. How they talking a little bit more about the the Riders of the Apocalypse right there. If you want to join in, and yeah, then... yeah,
2: tell, yeah, definitely. Let let me uh, hit me up with more information. That that might be a good start of you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Anything for the dog foundation. That's right. <laughs>
0: hey, should... Uh We got. Yeah. Stacy on there she says alien apocalypse maybe a bunch of people could escape on their spaceship and fly to their world
2: oh my <laughs> god you know what you, you know, know what I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to go with Stacy
0: I would
2: <laughs> I like to be in an alien apocalypse yes
1: yeah. that was I that, that
0: what you're gonna do too Crystal yeah. alien well boy? I was
1: thinking alien apocalypse but then I was like no you know what I want to happen I don't know if anybody's seen this movie it's so ridiculous it's such a B movie it makes me laugh so hard Toxic Avenger. I want there to be toxic uh, sludge that gives us all superpowers. That's, <laughs> that's the cool. apocalypse I want. That, that's
2: cool. That's cool. That was- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's good. That's a good one. That's,
1: that's my awesome. apocalypse. The toxic yeah. one that just gives us all superpowers.
2: <laughs> yeah
1: aliens would be a good one too though <laughs> yeah,
2: i have to go with aliens now yeah i think
0: that would be cool i don't know i can't do aliens i am terrible well okay i can do some aliens but like the stereotypical aliens with the big eyes and the long fingers <laughs> can't do them i can't do them crystal had a little alien eraser head when we were in like junior high i couldn't even look at that thing
1: i had all yes. kinds of dude the 90s was all about aliens and like yeah i remember yes. i had that stuff everywhere all over my room and she's like what are you doing i was like <laughs> yeah she would spend yeah. the night
0: at my house a lot. Yeah, I, <laughs> I couldn't believe like coming to my house. Those are cool. <laughs> Londa's with me.
1: Yes,
2: <laughs> that is funny. Yeah, I think there
1: was I think there was like one poster that maybe I don't think I had it. One of our friends had it, but it said we come in peas, and they there was like peas all over the poster. <laughs>
2: But the aliens. <laughs> I, never, I never saw that that is pretty cool I never saw but i remember they used to have a lot of 90s was a lot of alien posters alien okay. characters alien, everything i remember it was a lot of that
1: yeah i was into it especially the hippie aliens i was all about the hippie aliens <laughs> oh yeah
2: hippie, hippie aliens. aliens
1: they're
0: wow. not coming in peace no it's just all a lie they're all they're all here to get you <laughs>
1: Uh, I, I think that's it. because your brothers tortured you with alien stories yeah. when you were a kid. I have very
0: creative <laughs> brothers.
2: Alien <laughs> yeah, stories, yeah, yeah, that's right too. And the X Files was the '90s too. That was why maybe yeah. a lot of those yeah. things, yeah, yeah. yeah. X Files was the '90s.
1: I used yeah. to watch that. That was like the show my dad and I would watch every week.
0: That
2: yeah. was big. That was yeah. big. So good. Mm-hmm.
0: My favorite episode of X Files is um, when they did like the cops parody, and it was. The film crew following them around like cops. I remember <laughs>
2: that one. Yeah, yeah.
0: I love that <laughs> Yeah.
2: I do remember that one. Um,
0: oh, my gosh. So you're going to be on Watching Weird next week, right? Yes.
2: I yes. I got okay. to the calendar. I think it's the... A-
0: the July 20th. Um, You're going to be on... Wait, 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 wait. Okay. Sorry. Hadley sent me a message. Okay. So you're going to be on Watching Weird next week. Where they're going to do Evil Dead, Rises, and you're 6666. Yeah. And then I get, oh, and you're going to be on Real Talk with Scott. Talking about yes. Real
2: Talk. Yes. I think yeah. Scott didn't give me the date yet. I'm not sure. Okay. I gotta look. Yeah, I got to look at the date. I wasn't sure. I know there's a date for next week. Was it the
0: 17th? Uh, calendar. 17th. Oh, man. 17th is a Monday, 20th is no. a Thursday. So that's probably watching Weird. I think watching Weird is on Thursdays. Okay,
2: yeah. so it's so Thursday. Okay, yeah. yeah, I'm good.
0: Nice. Well, that's going to be fun. Is there any uh, – what places can we find all your work at? Like where can we find your comics at?
2: So the comics is on, on my website. I haven't you, – you can still go on, on with shotgun.com. Um okay. And what I, I – I haven't not really – promoted it because I want to like revamp the website. The website is fine. You could go on it. You could look at the com books. I have a lot of stuff there. Zombie with a shotgun. But one of my things I wanted to do is revamp the the website, make it much more um, you know, just more newer. You know, you always got to revamp it every like four or five years. I just feel like it's time to do it. But it's fine now. You go to zombie with a Shotgun.com, and it's pretty cool because when you go to the first page, it basically talks about a little bit of the history of of Zombie with a shotgun, how it started, how it began and how everything and what we were doing and then you get into the products and whatever you want to see, you know, the comic books and it shows you where you can watch the web series and where you can watch the, the, the feature film. So uh, there's a lot of stuff that needs to be, you know, obviously a lot of links change, a lot of things has happened and I want to start, you know, uh, putting it all together and put better, like more. I have a lot of, like I have a lot of merchandise that I haven't even like put on the website. Like I had a lot of t-shirts. Like I got, I have like almost like five thousand posters of all what? the all, all the autographs of all the actors in the film.
1: Oh wow! Oh nice. Yeah,
2: I and I just COVID again. I don't want to blame COVID. That was one of the reasons I wanted to go to a horror conventions. I do going have the posters there, with the DVDs, with the comics,
1: mm-hmm. with the
2: postcards, with the T-shirts. I still have all the merchandise and the comics too. And COVID just like, boom, it's like, fuck, dude, you know? And um, yeah, I mean, I, again, you know, I, I knew that it wasn't a waste. I was like, you know what, this might be just even, you know, you, you got to always put some, a good spin on it. And my spin was always like, Hey, this is always going to be something for somebody and down the line when this is all over, I'm pretty sure people are still going to want it. It might be help for the sequel. So, with the sequel, with the with the campaign, those some of the, the perks that I might be giving out: poster of all the nice. autographs of all the, the actors in the film, and um, so so I save that, and I think that's pretty good to give out for the perks. Um, Are you
0: gonna do any conventions coming up? Like, do you have any lined up, or no?
2: The only thing that I'm going to do is I have like I'm trying to figure out once I get this campaign, you know, I'm trying to. Cast certain actors for the film and promote it. Um, one of the things that I really want to do is like probably go to a convention and, mm-hmm. and, and with we'll postcards meet people there and talk to people. Say, hey, look, this is like, this is our recycling campaign. As getting like a booth, a table, no, I, 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 I'm I'm not saying I don't want to. Is that I'm um, I'm not sure if it's something that would be good for the campaign. I'm not sure 100, but definitely. Yeah. Down the line, I definitely love to do like get my own like kind of like table seat convention. I love to even talk on it and everything like that. But I think, you know, I think it's it's a especially when the sequel comes out. I think there'll definitely be a bigger fan base and, you know, people want to, you know, want to know more about zombie. So it'd be a good place for me to be at to talk to people.
1: Nice. Nice.
0: Well, anything you want to shout out or promote right now and then we'll kind of wrap it up a little bit.
2: Yeah, um, I'm in all social medias. Um, I'm so easy. You could go into. Um, um, this is what I tell a lot of people. You know, Zombie with a Shotgun. Um, if you guys want to like get see the feature, you could always Google Zombie with a Shotgun. And you could get the the first episodes it's playing. You could get streaming free at at a lot of websites. Uh, but you could just Google Zombie with a Shotgun. You could get the web series and you could get the film. Um, <clears throat> Tubi has all has the feature film for free. You know, because oh, nice. some, some sites do charge. Again, it's not under my control. It's under the distribution. They're the ones who charge. But Tubi, you could get the Zigmer Shotgun for free. I got other short films there. Um The Beyond the Halls of Paradise 666. Um Amazon, again, that's un- not in my control. Amazon is charging people for it. Soon they're gonna give it free. But I just found out that the streaming ser- service called uh, Reveal, which is mm-hmm. spelled R-E-V-E-E-L, is a streaming service, is offering the film for free. So oh, if anybody nice. is listening and wants to watch Beyond the Halls of Paradise 666, you just got to sign up for the thing. And it's just a simple one minute sign up. You just want to get your email and information and then boom, the film is free. No
1: commercial. Really
2: cool. so, nice. so I'm pretty sure in the next couple of weeks, Tubi will have Beyond the Halls of Paradise 666, and that would be there also for free. Also, so that's if people are interested in watching it, that's what they can do. But yeah, you can just Google the films and if you want to follow me. I'm most I'm always on Twitter. So you could always it's either Zombie with a shotgun, which is zombie WA shotgun, because they only gave like they don't give the full name doesn't go. Or you could get my full name, which is Hilton Ariel Ruiz, and mm-hmm. the same thing with Instagram, I'm with a shotgun, or Hilton Ruiz. And if you guys want to follow and ask me questions, I'm always there, and that's where you can find me.
0: Nice. All right. Well, we loved having you. And I, I wasn't trying to cut this short, but my cats are meowing for their food. Yeah, no, they're gonna no, they're no, gonna start no, biting my ankles soon.
1: No problem. <laughs> well, I'm just like every I'm like usually we keep it around an hour, but we were like, oh, let's everybody yes, give us permission to go late, and we ran with that. So thank you, everybody. <laughs> <Yes>. Yeah, <laughs> this yeah is no, a I, great conversation with you.
2: I appreciate that. I'm glad. Like I said, thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm always cool. I'm always cool. With time, whatever you know, whatever conversation because conversations do go. They, an hour actually just feels too quick a lot of times like oh done mm-hmm. and then it goes over but I'm always cool with it anytime you guys want me I'm, I'm always I got a lot of a lot of shit to talk about
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> we want to see and more I, of the dogs could, too I, I could That's talk great.
2: forever about I mean I bet you guys could talk forever too about films and stuff and I could talk forever about everything
0: Yeah, yeah. well we definitely love to have you on again we'll see if we can plan something uh, especially with some of your projects that are coming out down the road Absolutely. So we'll see what we can do in there. And we'll also look forward to watching you on the upcoming co- podcast through the Weird Verse. So definitely check them out. Um, the Real Talk and Watching Weird. And then anything else you have set up. And then, Crystal, do you have any uh, mysteries, murder, mayhem coming up?
1: Yeah. Um, Saturday, we're talking about Black Dahlia. Um, oh, nice. I need to double check with everybody um, exactly what time um, works best for everyone, um, and once I do, I'll um, I'll update everything on the weird page so that everybody knows when to tune in. But it will be sometime Saturday. So awesome. <laughs> sorry that it's kind of a flying by the seat of our pants on that one, but <laughs> that one I just kind of have to fit in where I can, and this weekend is is where it's at. So. <laughs> <Awesome>. <laughs>
0: Well, that's it for Blonde's Books and Campfire Tales this week. Thank you, Hilton, for joining us. It was a blast having you on there.
2: Likewise. (laughs) Thank you, guys.
0: Everyone, go check out his movies. Check out everything. Check out his Instagram and Twitter right there. And next time, we will see you guys in two weeks. All right. Bye, everyone. Take care. Bye.
2: Bye.